you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Welcome to the NFL Report. I'm Steve White here with my guy James Palmer. JP, we've got our debut show launching on the same day that the NFL season kicks off, my brother. Yeah, maiden voyage. Here we go. And here's the funny part for everybody at home. We actually are friends and talk on a personal yes. basis. How about that? Yeah, we're, we're actually good. You know, there's some shows where people have to worry about that, but me and JP, we're good. I mean, you know, JP's even so much of a superstar, he got to speak at his son's career day recently. Yeah. And I'm sure it was a smash hit, JP. They squeezed me in between a lawyer and an um, ear doctor, uh, and, but everybody was pretty awesome. I'm not going to lie, Steve. The best question I had was, uh, what's my favorite chicken nugget? So I'm kind of curious what yours is. I said Wendy's Spicy Chicken Nuggets. Um, and the second one was, what's your favorite route? A kid was dressed in full football gear, shoulder pads, helmet, everything. He goes, Mr. Palmer, what's your favorite route? I'm a wide receiver. Oh, I, and, and I'm sure you hit him with a 15-yard dig with a bang 80 going up that way. But anyway, enough of this. Yeah. NFL season is underway, James. And what's crazy, normally we're talking about sleepers. We're talking about Super Bowl favorites. We're talking about quarterbacks. But this NFL season actually kicks off, and we're talking about edge rushers. They are all the news, my man. And look, we, we got to start right here with Nick Bosa of the San Francisco 49ers. He holds out all offseason up until this week and signs a five-year, $170 million deal, a buck twenty-two guaranteed, and $50 million at signing. Highest-paid defensive player now, and he's earned it, man. We can sit in a lap. He's that guy. He is him. He is. He is that guy. And it's funny. I was in Denver. Well, I'm in Denver right now. But I was at the Broncos practice yesterday. They're on the field when this deal goes down. They come into the locker room. It's media portion. You know, we're in there for 45 minutes with these guys. And all you can hear across the Broncos locker room is just like, how much? 170. How much guarantee? 120. Like just screaming this at each other across the locker room. Just going like, holy, I can't believe that Nick Bosa just got this. It's funny, I went over to my fellow uh, dude from the area in the Philadelphia area, Mike McGlinchey, and also a former San Francisco 49er. I said, Mike, have you seen Have you seen the deal yet? Have you seen Nick's deal? He goes, what do you get? 170. One, was it 22 guaranteed? 122 guaranteed. He goes, oh my God, he's, he deserved every penny of that. I was like, you went against him in practice. He goes, I know, he's the best in the game, man. He deserves every penny of that. It was kind of cool to get his perspective. Yeah, look, I, I was at the Chargers practice, and I called over Derwin James. He just signed a big deal last year. And I was like, D, you know, he, you know, here's the numbers on the deal. He's like, this just happened? I was like, it just happened. He was like, yes, yes, another guy gets paid. And this is what's really cool. Players, man. Right, and this is, this, this is really cool about what we do. This We're going to bring you on the show. I mean, James and I, we know people. We know this brotherhood. We're, we're telling you about this, this fraternity that NFL players have. I mean, yeah, there's probably going to be some people who are going to hate on him making the money. But most people celebrate it because the next guy up is going to get the next biggest deal. 
And we're going to have Brian Baldinger and DeMarcus Ware on later in the show to talk about who that next guy up is. But, James, you know, let, let's talk a little bit about Nick Bosa and, and, and why he is that guy and, and why he is so good. And, and I'll tell you this, you know, in that locker room, people see the videotapes of Nick like, I just want to sack him. I'm kind of that surfer dude. His teammates, sack, dude. his teammates love him. I mean, I remember talking to Debo Samuel, guys on the offensive side, like, this guy's different, right? His diet, everything he does so meticulously to take care of himself is so different, and he's so good. You hear former teammates, Richard Sherman, these guys, like, we love Nick Bosa. We love Nick Bosa. So they had to get him back. The Niners knew they had to get him back, not just because he is a great player, but because he's a great guy in that locker room. And, 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 and James, you know, when we talk about – this guy being in shape, he's probably going to play Sunday. He's probably going to play against yeah. the Steelers a little bit. Oh, he's going to play. He's, he's going to play. We'll get to Kyle Shanahan's comments on whether he's going to play or not in just a second. But you're right. The, to, to speak on it really quickly, what he is as an athlete, what he is as an irreplaceable member of this team, they don't get to the NFC Championship game without Nick yep. Bosa. Obviously wins Defensive Player of the Year. He was in a position, Steve, to have all the leverage this past offseason. And we saw his brother do it before, and they've been very good at, at football, and they've been very good at the negotiating table. Those are two places that the Bosa family has thrived at. And I'm curious when you mentioned the diet. You mentioned how in shape he is. If that made this drag on a little bit further, listen to me, like it's – the, the 49ers knew, and John Lynch and Kyle Shannon and everyone involved, that he was going to come ready to play. John Lynch believes it takes a player roughly two, three weeks to be ready for an NFL game. They didn't think that with Nick Bosa. I was curious if that allowed this to get even further in terms of both teams standing their ground and it butting up right against the start of the regular season because they knew he would arrive on time. If it took extra time to get this deal done, there was no fear of maybe really losing him on the first game. Now, obviously missing all this time, we'll see how many snaps he plays. But listen to Kyle Shanahan, because he's playing and he knows the type of shape that Nick Bosa's arriving in. Is there any question in this, at this point whether he's going to be in uniform on Sunday? Um, I mean, there is question because we haven't seen him, but I think you guys know how I'm talking. Like, I have to be... You have to have a beer belly and be out of shape or something. That's which that's not in in Bosa's DNA. Yeah, he's playing. First he's off, playing he, right off the jump, yeah, Steve. Yeah, right the, the, the image jump. the the image of Nick Bosa having a beer belly is like something I don't think any of us could even like. We couldn't even draw a no. cartoon of it because this guy is absolute Superman. I, I will say this. I mean, we've seen it before where guys come in late. They're in great physical shape. They're specimens. Maybe not like Nick Bosa. But, you know, they may get nicked up a little because they're hyped up. They want to come out and play. How about this factor? He's, they're going up to Pittsburgh. It's supposed to be a rainy field on Sunday, and the University of Pittsburgh has a game on that same field Ooh. on Saturday. So I wonder if these field conditions and just maybe some of this, you know, the, you know, the, the, the Niners might have to say, we well, let's, let's kind of figure out how this is going. But it's not just Nick Bosa. You know, they're going to have to say, you know, the field conditions, whatever about. Because, James, the star what? power, the star power on the defensive lines, on the defensive side of the ball for these two teams. Let's just, let's just go through this. Nick Bosa, last yep. year's defensive player of the year. Defensive player of the year. T.J. Watt, the previous year's defensive player of the year. You've got Cam Hayward. You've got Highsmith for the Steelers. And then you've got Javon Hargrave. For the Coming 49ers. off a masterful year. Eric Philly. Armstead yep. for the four. I mean, anyone who thinks there's going to be more than like 
a combined 30-point score in this game might be out of their head because you look at the defensive fronts for these teams and where both of these teams have sunk their money, that is absolutely kind of dictates what this opener for both the Steelers and the 49ers, two potential Super Bowl teams, that's where they, that's where they rest their value. I love you said sunk their money there because we're going to transition this into Chris Jones in a sense because I do think there's a real connection between these two. Early in the negotiations a couple months ago, I was kept hearing you know Nick Bosa's deal separate from Chris Jones's deal. These are these do not connect with one another, right? One an interior pass rusher, one an edge rusher. But now that this deal's done, I'm starting to hear oh, our our premier defensive player market, the group that you would say Steve is probably irreplaceable for however many games that you would play without them. You don't really replace a Chris Jones with anybody else in your roster. You don't replace right, a Nick Bosa right. or an Aaron Donald or a TJ Watt or any of these guys in that top group. Now that the ceiling of that group has gone up, how does that impact Chris Jones? Because what we're seeing is what the 49ers have done. They have come out with this contract and said, what to us, Steve, we are putting all the chips on the table we want to go to a Super Bowl. This is our Super Bowl spot. We paid George Kittle. We paid Trent Williams. We paid Debo Samuel, even though that even got contentious at times. We find a way to get deals done because we have players like Nick Bosa that are irreplaceable. It's a different school of thought with the Kansas City Chiefs right now with what's going on with Chris Jones's contract. I thought Chris just wanted to raise. I, you know, I just, he said he just wanted to raise. Now, I wonder, as you mentioned, the Bosa deal might say, I I want a bigger raise than I initially told you. But this standoff, JP, to me, also shows the discrepancies on where these teams lie. We have seen the Chiefs Mm -hmm. let Tyreek Hill go. They let Orlando Brown go. I don't think they're going to let Chris Jones go, but if they're not trying to pay him right now, that's them saying, we are going to keep our salaries under a certain way because we've got a very high-priced quarterback so we can have sustained success. The 49ers are saying, we're going to go out and give Nick Bosa all this money right after we paid defensive tackle Javon Hargrave a four-year, $84 million contract, and we're going to put all of our money in. Look, the Niners have nine guys making more than $15 million because they know right now is their window. It seems like the Chiefs are playing the fairways, whereas the Niners are playing the greens. And look, it it works for both teams. Right, The Niners have been knocking on the door while the Chiefs have been winning yeah. Super Bowls. So different Both philosophies, winning. but it just kind of shows where each team stands and where maybe how different each owner kind of approaches this as well. It is. And and I, yeah, you don't want to question the Chiefs' thinking, Steve, but you could think, is there a bit of hubris here that we're going to keep flying closer and closer yep. to the sun uh, because we've gotten through it. As you mentioned, they've gotten through moving on from Tyreek Hill, which, by the way, was a move that they were making to make sure they had enough money to pay Chris Jones, which apparently Uh-oh. hasn't alleviated that situation. And they move on to two new tackles after winning a Super Bowl. I think the thought there, honestly, is, well, we have Patrick Mahomes. We have a Hall of Fame coach in Andy Reid. We have the greatest tight end of all time. I think they have a very good offensive line. I, I think we, we can keep drafting. They've been drafting well. So there's almost maybe a thought that's going on. They're like, well, maybe we can lose the next one and still be fine. I think Chris Jones is one of those irreplaceable type of players uh, that is, I don't want to say, in the realm of Nick Bosa, but he's in the area. He finished third in Defensive Player of the Year. He's done stuff at the Deep and Tackle spot that we've never seen before. It's going to be interesting when he's sitting there at Arrowhead in a suite watching the Chiefs. 
uh, go out there and play against the Lions. Um, I find that very interesting. I'll leave you with this part. It is my understanding that he is very comfortable missing four games. This deal could get done tomorrow. This deal could get done anytime between now and those four games. But my understanding is he has no problem missing at least four games uh, to prove his value. And right now it's a matter of who values who more. JP, he must be comfortable if he's got the type of bread to miss four games and those million dollars worth of paychecks. All right, lastly, before we get out of here, we started this conversation on Nick Bosa, but have we forgotten about his brother, Joey, who just a couple years ago, here's his Joey's deal. He signed a couple years ago, five years, $130 million, $135 million, with $102 million guaranteed. He reset the market then. He only Man. played in five yeah. games last year. JP, I was out of Chargers practice. And you talk about somebody who's in like a different category. You know, I, we talked earlier about how the Niners players say how Nick Bosa is just all alone, how he takes care of himself and stuff like that. He's not all alone because Joey is the same way. This is somebody who is so determined to come out and redeem himself after an injury plague 2022, who alongside Khalil Mack, They could end up being the best pass rushing tandem in the NFL. We're not talking about these two. Why? Why wouldn't they? When they when they when the Chargers acquired Khalil Mack last year, that's what we expected. Both players got nicked up. They only played three games together last year. If they can stay healthy, we will be talking about them at the end of the season and the Chargers potentially challenging the Chiefs for AFC dominance. Wow, I like it. I'm not gonna lie. I did one of their games early, which is a game that they actually both played in. Uh, I think it was against the Kansas City Chiefs week two. And that was all the talk when I talked to Derwin James at length. It was just, now we're going to have Khalil, somebody who can close games in very favorable matchups because Joey gets just as much attention as Nick does in terms of a pass rush and in terms of what an offensive line needs to slide over and help out on. And they thought this was going to put Khalil Mack in a lot of favorable situations. They didn't get a chance to see that at all. Now they're going to get a chance to have those moments that even though Cleo Max in the second half of his career, they believe with Joey Bosa on the other side, Steve, he's going to have opportunities in, in fourth quarters to end drives and to end games because he's going to have a favorable matchup because of Bosa on the other side. Yeah, look, and they, and they open up against Miami Dolphins. Their defense put some hands on the Dolphins last year, and now with Mack and Bosa, they'll have some opportunities. JP, why don't you get us to our next guest because our next block we got a whole lot of things to make people think listen judy batista wrote an article i think it has 700,000 things about the nfl season in 2023 no it's only 58 for super bowl 58 but three could alter the entire landscape of the nfl hear what she has to say next you go into your shower feeling tired But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. 
Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Welcome back to the NFL Report. And as the season kicks off, here's the path to Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. You're seeing 32 storylines as to how the season could play out. Some of the elite players but our Judy Batista has written a column that is showing up at NFL.com this week on 58 storylines we should pay attention to in case we're drawing the lines to Super Bowl 58. Judy, welcome yeah. to the NFL Report. And JP, real quick, you know, Judy and I have known each other since what, Judy, about 1991? Oh. Yeah. That suggests we're old, which we're well, not. You should have asked about. Judy about that in no. before we started this segment. I used to babysit her. to put out there, Steve. <laughs> Wait a minute. No, but I mean, like, we were, Judy and I, we used to work at the Miami Herald in the Fort Lauderdale Fort Bureau. Fort Lauderdale Bureau. In the neighbors section, JP, covering community sports together. And now look I at how it. big Judy. Judy's all grown up and she's granted enough time to share with us. But Judy, I just talked about your column on the 58 things to look out for. And you've got one in there. It's number three on the list. And this is about the running game, which really kind of blew my hair back the little gray hair that I have <laughs> when I read this. Why don't you tell us about the rushing game? So last year, sort of incongruously, the, the running game took off in the NFL. I, I've got the stats. Um, and I think what makes it so incongruous is, of course, we just came out of an offseason, which was just terrible. If you were a veteran running back looking for a new contract, right, the market just cratered on them. But last season, teams averaged 121.6 rushing yards per game. That's the most since 1987, which we all sort of think of as like the heyday of the running game before quarterbacks just completely took over the league. And teams averaged 27.3 rushing attempts per game. That was the most since 2011. So again, you're thinking like, how can that be? Well, this is how it can be. It's because quarterbacks rushing uh, accounted for 15.5% of all rushing yards, which was by far the highest in NFL history. So it was not really a demonstration of the power of the running back. It was rather a demonstration of the different ways that teams generate the running game, which really doesn't do anything to help running backs seeking contracts. So, Judy, at first, this is like a wolf in sheep's clothing, right? You were going to tell us that running backs were now contracts are on the rise. Here we go. We're running the ball more than ever. No. Yeah. Now, the yeah. it's funny. When, when I looked at it and I looked, and I started researching everything that you put out there. I was like, let me take a look at this. And when you go and look down, like, biggest rushes in terms of success rate, right, what you gain on first, second, or third down, a lot of those rushes are from quarterbacks. In key yeah. situations, quarterbacks are being used, Steve, in, in the run game. And obviously, the evolution of our game has played a factor in this, in the RPO and all those other sides. When there's a key third down and it's third and short, some of these quarterbacks are getting those instead of the running back. Well, yeah, and then like, like I, I, ahead, I feel bad for the running backs, right? Like, I, I, you know, I, I mean, I think we all wish running backs were paid as much as they could possibly get. But this, I, I think, this statistic is sort of just a demonstration of how you can still you can still have a really proficient running attack, and it can be a big part of your game, but it doesn't necessarily have to come from a running back and that is why teams when they're doling out the contracts just don't value the running back position they may value the running game 
but they can generate those running yards from other positions most spectacularly right now in the NFL from, you know, the quarterbacks that are just so dynamic. Um, and But they have, as a result, caused a minimization of the role of the running back. Yeah, Judy, I, here's what I'm interested to watch when it comes to that, though. We've got three rookie quarterbacks starting right now. We've got Josh Dobbs starting at quarterback at Arizona. There are teams where the quarterback play is a little eh, and all we're hearing is about is they need the support of a run game. And not all of these quarterbacks, I mean, only Anthony Richardson's the running quarterback of these rookie quarterbacks. So I'm just kind of seeing if play, maybe the, the playing of the younger quarterback and maybe some of these other quarterbacks who aren't as mobile increase the role of the running back knowing that the running game is important. Here's another element where the running game could be important. And this gets to another element of your column, Judy. Scoring is down. Please yeah. explain. Make it make sense. Yeah, well, you can bet that this is not something that the NFL wants, and it's certainly not something that the NFL wants for two years in a row. But scoring went down last year, um, averaged 43.8 points per game in 2022. That was a five-year low. Um, uh, related to that is that it was also a drop in defensive pass interference and roughing the passer. And those are obviously the two calls that affect offense the most dramatically because they are such big penalties. Um, so not surprisingly, so what uh, you saying, they used Judy? to call them points of emphasis. They're, they're, they want officials to call those things consistently across all officiating crews. That was their concern last year. With roughing the passer, remember there were some early calls on roughing the passer that generated a lot of controversy. Well, what the league was really concerned about is it doesn't get called uniformly across all officiating crews. They want uniformity, um, and they also want those called uh, the way they want them called, the, you know, the, the way they think they should be called, because the last thing this league wants is a drop in scoring. Well, real quick, JP, real quick, and let, I want to go back to our previous point then about the rushing quarterbacks. How can you call it uniformly when you don't know if Deshaun Watson is running or passing or if Josh Allen is running or passing? And you may say the quarterback's a runner. I can't call roughing the passer on that. that that's what I'm curious about, Steve. Honestly, Judy, I, I think that we're seeing a rise in the quarterback carrying the football. I had to get this out. I love that Steve went back. Listen to this. 2020, first time we've ever had 8,000 total rushing yards from quarterbacks. 2021, first time we've ever had 9,000 yards from rushing from quarterbacks. And 2022, first time we ever broken 10,000 yards from quarterbacks. So they're carrying the football. Judy, do you think the increased yards, the increased carries, is because of the protection they're getting within the rules? I almost look at a dual-threat quarterback now as possibly having a greater chance of a longer NFL career than, say, a dual-threat quarterback 20 years ago because of the rules yeah there's no question that if you are a coach you would not send your franchise quarterback out running this much if they were not getting protection from the officials mm -hmm. right i mean if lamar jackson was getting clocked every time he ran the Good ball point. right john harbaugh would say all right that's enough with lamar just let him stay in the pocket and throw the ball which he can also do really well um but yes the rules are designed to protect quarterbacks. It is trying to find the balance, right? The tension between you got to let defenders, if he's taking off, he's a runner. You got to let the defenders take him out and tackle him versus you've got to protect the most important assets that the league has, the starting quarterback. So um, that is a fundamental issue. And again, the concern of the NFL is that it it gets called the way it's supposed to get called and that it gets called the way they, they want it called 
across the board. So they don't want one crew offering more protection to Patrick Mahomes when on the same day, Joe Burrow is not getting the same level of, of protection, right? It's got to be the same. Yeah. Um, and that's the problem. But again, we've been around the league long enough to know scoring is, is the most important thing. That is the stat that they look at most closely because they know fans love scoring. They do not want scoring down. So you better believe we're going to see more calls go in favor of the offense yep. um, because the last thing they want is a consecutive year of scoring going down. And Judy, we're going to see fans continue to complain that Patrick Mahomes is getting protected Absolutely. more than, say, yeah. their quarterback in terms of how the officiating crew is going about it. And the third one we want to hit is coaches upset about something. What? I've never heard that before. Oh, imagine. The new kickoff rule, right? They are not happy with this kickoff rule for this season. And you're hinting there could be more changes coming after this season to what happens on kickoffs. Please elaborate yeah. on that second part. They're not just hinting that there are going to be more changes. I mean, they have basically said this is just a stopgap measure, more to come. Um, so the kickoff is the most dangerous play in football, right? Like there's a disproportionate number of concussions suffered on the kickoff, and that is because of the speed of the collisions um, with the coverage team and the returner, right? And they just blast into each other. You've heard players describe it as like running into a garage door. Obviously, the NFL um, is in an Ooh. era where it is very concerned about head injuries and they need to do everything they can to address concussions. So what they came up with this year in the competition committee is uh, if you fair catch uh, on, a, on a kickoff, the ball automatically comes to the 25-yard line. That's where your drive starts, the 25-yard line. doesn't matter where you fair catch it from the 25-yard line in. So if you were standing you on the one-yard line right? and you fair catch it, Okay. You're at the 25. Um, needless to say, coaches, uh, especially the traditionalists in the group, say, are you trying to take the foot out of the game? I have been in meetings with the competition committee and special teams coaches for years where they've had this argument going back and forth. How do you keep the foot in the game while making it safer? So this is what they came up with this year. They have been very clear. They are not done changing the kickoff. They don't want to eliminate the kickoff, but they, okay. uh, once it's positioned as a player safety situation, there are going to be more changes until they drive the number of concussions down. And one thing that they are looking at is the way they do it in the XFL, which is only five I like yards. I, I, I have no lie. problem. If that's what keeps the kick, or kick yeah. in the game, well, sure, let's do it. Um, okay. It's only five yards, so you can't get the high-speed collisions. Sure, whatever and let, works. And, and let me just quickly explain the XFL rule because I love watching it, right? Okay, mm -hmm. the kicker exactly. lines up at his 30-yard line. The other 10 members of the kickoff team line up at the opponent's 35, uh -huh. while the return team lines up at the 30. So, again, five yards for the collision. But we've also seen a significant amount of kickoff returns for touchdowns or big plays in the XFL. So, it can work. Judy, you got us thinking. We got to bring you back. We'll see to flush Always. some of these things out and some more stuff because we've got 55 other things you wrote about that we eventually oh. have to <laughs> yeah. cover. And for more on Judy's column, go to NFL.com slash Batista. And coming up next, class of 2023 Hall of Famer DeMarcus Ware. He's Let's about go. to tell us who is him. Right back on the NFL Report. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, 
your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, JP, we are officially blessed right now. We are in the presence of class of 2023 Pro Football Hall of Famer, DeMarcus Ware. D. Ware, what's up? What is going on, fellas? How y'all been? We're good. We're good. We're wonderful, man. It's great to see that smile. I miss it. I used to see it in Denver all the time back in the day, and now I get to see it again. It's wonderful. I got to ask you, D. Ware, like, you went into pretty much every Hall of Fame this this summer. I think it was high school, college, Sun Belt, the NFL. You're going to be in the Ring of Honor. <laughs> like, do, do you have a favorite? Do you have a favorite? What went on, man? You know what? I I I don't have a favorite. And the thing is, I have favor, and uh, I think that's like okay. the coolest thing to see. That all your hard work has really paid off, and you're seeing that finally. Um, so it's one of the coolest things that, you know, you know, just to experience it from a high school level, college level, all the way to the ultimate Hall of Fame level in the NFL. And, and Weich was there to, to witness that. And it was, man, that was a cool opportunity. Yeah, from, from, from the door knock to the incredible Hall of Fame speech. I want to circle back to the speech in just a second, D-Ware. But as we kick off the season this week, we know we got the Chiefs and the Lions and and everything kicks off. I kind of want to get your take on the two teams that you played for. The Dallas Cowboys, you're going to be a defensive-led team, and the Broncos with Sean Payton, a coach that you tormented a few times when you were playing for the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with the Cowboys, d You know, um, the Cowboys, from what I see and have seen in the locker room and meeting rooms, I've seen character. For the first time, I've seen, you know, guys really wanting it and I can actually pinpoint the captains. And when you can pinpoint the captains, you can pinpoint the tenacity of the team. And I think that's what's going to take them to where they, they need to be. And it's all about just staying healthy uh, for the postseason. If they can you know, stay healthy, they can go a long way. And then the transition over to uh, the Denver Broncos. I knew Sean Payton was going to be a great move. And you can see how mm-hmm. they're scoring points now. They're not turning the football over. They're playing fundamentally sound football. It's preseason, D-Ware. It's preseason, D-Ware. Listen, listen, (laughs) listen. But the thing is, if you play bad in the preseason, it can carry over to the regular season. But if you see glimpses in the preseason, some of that can happen in the regular season. And I got to see some of that. So I'm like, all right, all right. I see change. (laughs) I saw change. So change on both teams. And uh, I can't wait to see what they're going to do this year. I'm curious, do you think Micah Parsons breaks your Cowboys sack record? Does he have a chance to do that? He has a chance to do that if if he stays healthy. I I stayed healthy for eight or nine years and really, really consistent. If Micah can play like he's been playing, I mean, he's been averaging, what, over, you know, 13 sacks a year. It's hard to get get double-digit sacks. Mm. So if he can do that. Yeah. The, the, the record will be shattered. And I know if he can get that pressure like that, they'll end up winning the Super Bowl. End up, I'm just throwing it out. I'm just 
throwing that nugget out there for Micah. Okay. We got, we got record chatter and Super Bowl. Okay. 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 We're just throwing it out. There. Hey, Demarcus, real quick, since we're, we're short on time, <laughs> I, I really would love to talk more about that, but I want to get to something that really stood out from that great Pro Football Hall of Fame weekend in Canton, and that was this moment from your Hall of Fame speech. Let's take a listen. This might sound crazy, but the NFL taught me how to forgive. First, I forgave myself, and then I forgave my dad. Dad. All the times I didn't understand why you weren't there. It doesn't matter. You're here now. I've learned that guilt rots in a person and forgiveness heals. How can I expect God to forgive me if I don't forgive you? You once said two simple words to me. I'm sorry. I'm not sure if I responded, but I'm telling you now, on the biggest platform of my life, I forgive you. DeMarcus, I was blown away then, I'm blown away now. What is your relationship now with your dad? I mean, we've always had a close relationship, but we never talked. And it's one of those things where that was the moment for me to where I had to release something. Like I really had to release a lot of the anger that I had as a child um, towards my dad. And, and that, that experience, that story, and what I was trying to do and let the world know that, you know what, you have to let go sometimes to live. And um, that was one of those moments for me. I mean, it still gives me chills because that was my first time ever saying dad. And you you probably noticed how it like mm. quivered in my voice a little bit. Um, but that was a moment for me. Um, and I know everybody felt that. And there was a moment I know everyone's going to remember. I, I, it was incredible. I, I, it's amazing to see you move forward and move on. Uh, I, I, I want to move forward also to this season. I mean, what is your take on edge rushers now in today's NFL? Is it, is it with the ball coming out so quickly, what is it like? Would you have to change your game? What is it like rushing from the edge with the ball out under two seconds now? Uh, you know, I, I would probably have to change my game a lot because you there, there's not a lot of five-step drops anymore. It's, you know... RPO, mm -hmm. there's three-step drop, there's a lot of screens to keep you on your feet. And so I would actually just really be in the cornerback room telling those guys, listen, I need one more second. <laughs> you know, I understand we're cover two, yeah, but I need you guys to get up there. And I, I need for y'all to bump and run, okay? Can y'all just bump and run, get back, yeah. give me an extra second. That's what I'll be telling the defensive coordinators, hey, can we draft our, our corner, some free safeties? Because I need more time. It doesn't matter. The quarterback has two or three yeah. seconds. He's just going to throw the ball off, and it doesn't matter what kind of pressure you get. That's right. you got to disrupt the timing of those receivers. Well, DeMarcus, we know you're also here on behalf of DirecTV. What do you got going on with them? You know, okay. I'm with DirecTV for, for business and uh, Everpass Media, and we're talking about football, right? Football on the Sunday ticket in businesses. And when you start trying to affect the masses, when you start thinking about football, you go into that restaurant, you go into that bar, and if they don't have the Sunday ticket, I'm walking out. 
And so I'm just letting everybody know that it's here, right? They got over 300,000 locations, and we're trying to do it big, just like the Hall of Fame. So I'm here right now to tell everybody that the NFL ticket is back. This is It's in the businesses everywhere. And go watch some football because it's about to get started. There we go. D. Ware, we appreciate your time. <laughs> uh-huh. And everybody remember, in the words of DeMarcus Ware, save this tape, that Micah Parsons could shatter his record and the Cowboys could go to the Super Bowl. Get to the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Oh. <laughs> appreciate you, D. Ware. Good seeing you, D. Ware. Thanks, brother. Y'all take care. Unreal from D. Ware right there. He's got Micah Parsons right there. Breaking his sack record with the Cowboys. What? Cowboys going to the Super Bowl. What about edge rushers in today's game? What about tackles in today's game? We have Brian Balding or Baldy coming up to break the trenches down. There's nobody better in the business. Stay tuned. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Welcome back to the NFL Report. James Palmer, Steve Weich, and the next guy, Steve, our next guest needs no introduction. But I'll do it anyway, because this is also a podcast. It is a podcast. Baldy joins us. Brian Baldinger. I almost feel like i got to go one more button down, Baldy, uh, to join you in the salad parade right there. Uh, what was your thoughts? Because you know D-Ware. You played with him. Like, what, what did you take out of what, what, what he had to say? Well, I thought the most eye-opening thing, outside of he thinks that, you know, the Micah Parsons is going to break and shatter his sack record in <laughs> Dallas. But I, I thought – I thought he, th- he said for the first time in a long time, the Cowboys have the right character in the locker room. And that's something that reporters like yourself, analysts like myself, we can't always gauge. We can kind of mm-hmm. see it. It gets revealed sometimes, but we can't really feel the locker room the way players and guys that are used to it see it. So I thought that was a good sign for any Cowboy fan out there, what D. Ware had to say about that. Yeah. Yeah, hey, Baldy, you know, we heard him talking to him about edge rushers, too. And I, I want to pick your brain because you work with so many. You know, you, you see so many. We know the great ones, right? We know Max Crosby. We know Cam Jordan, T.J. Watt, Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, Miles Garrett, uh, players like that. But who are maybe some of the players you've seen that are kind of on the cusp of kind of joining that club? Well, I mean, Brian Burns right off the bat. You know, I don't know what his contract status is in Carolina right now. I mean, he's he's an electric player, and you have to game plan for him. Um, Rashawn Gary, before he got hurt, was arriving ah. in Green Bay. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's he's a big edge rusher. He's 280, 285 pounds. He has a little size to him. And I know I watched uh, about 10 or 12 snaps in the final preseason game of Tyree Wilson with the yeah. Raiders, and you just go, <laughs> "Wow!" Like he he opened like he he's coming off a of foot surgery, all this kind of stuff. Like, you see his size, his length. We saw it at Texas Tech, but now you saw it even in a preseason game. You go, there's something there. And then I, I think I think people recognize that Jalen Phillips could easily break out in oh, Miami yeah. this year. He looks like he could be a really special player. 
Hey, real quick, Baldy, no, no Chase Young? I need to see Chase on the field, Steve. Well, We yeah. haven't seen him on the field. You know, he's got to get on the field to, to get my eyes and to get my breakdowns. I, I love breaking him down his rookie year. I mean, he just had seven and a half sacks, but he, his speed and his athletic ability and change direction was there. He's got, a, he's got a sack and a half in the last two years. Like, you know, and he's missed a lot of games. So I need to see Chase on the field. I know Warren Sapp was working with him during training camp. He said, get your butt in a four-point stance and a three-point stance. Get Be like a jet taken off. He rushed from a two-point stance all the time. He's standing straight up. Like, I don't think people felt his power. So I want to see Chase on the field, um, and though I want to see, I want to see a better pass rush array of moves from Chase right now. Boy, I'm I'm stuck on this because we talked about it with D. Ware. You heard it, and kind of how today's game has evolved. I remember being in Philly during camp and talking to Brandon Graham, who's been around forever, right? And, and just mm-hmm. talking to him about the frustration that you have as an edge rusher when the ball's just out and, and it's and it keeps coming out. You mentioned a bunch of different guys with different sizes, skill sets. Is there a, a premier size and skill set that fits today's game better than maybe it did in, in the past that you see a certain maybe body type? Or does, does that not matter in terms of what guys can be successful with? No, I don't think it matters. You know, I mean, okay. uh, Dwight Freeney was different than Reggie White, was different than Michael Strahan, um, you know, uh, but, but they put up huge numbers. Uh, Jason Taylor put up big numbers, and he was long and lean. And I don't know that Jason Taylor weighed 240. And I remember playing with Reggie, and we had an electronic scale in Philadelphia back then. And sometimes Ooh. in December, Reggie would get oh, yeah. on the scale, and he would jump off as it was rising past 335. <laughs> like, I don't know what he tipped it off at. Um, so I, I think we're always, you know, and really just not edge rushers either. But, I, you know, Great football players will always come in different shapes and sizes. You know, their greatness is how they play the game, whatever they've been gifted with. So, Baldy, let me, let me ask you this. D. Ware said he'd have to change his game a little bit. I was talking to Khalil Mack at Chargers practice yesterday about this quick passing game, and he said it's so frustrating, you know, because, you know, you just can't get to the quarterback. He said, but that's where you have to be patient because hopefully the defense keeps the opponent out of the end zone, the offense scores points, so at some point, the opposing team's got to try to drive the ball downfield. I mean, what about the patience these pass rushers have to play with now? And I asked the same question to Miles Garrett about a month ago, Steve, when the Browns were scrimmaging against the Eagles. And he said, you can't pick and choose when to pass rush. Like, you just have to go. And then, you know, if it's a, if it's a bubble screen, turn and run and go make the play. I mean, the screen game should be the defense lineman's game. Like, flip your hips, turn and run. Like, that's what you're expected to do. That's what the great ones do. Go make the play. Don't let it get started. Um, tackle before it does get started. But, you you know, when you get to third and seven, third and 10, third and 12, third and 15, Steve, I mean, it's like pin your ears back. All right. You know, you might have fewer rushes because of the way the game is played now, but you have to maximize the rushes that you get. But if it's first and 10, a bubble screen comes out, and they're throwing it to the sideline, just run and chase. But if you're there – trying to go, okay, I'm going to go hard this time because I think it's going to be a deep set. And then, the you know, like you just – you can't do that. You have to play hard every play and just react to what the play is. Well, we had Judy Batista on a little earlier talking about, honestly, teams are running the football more than ever. But the quarterbacks running the football are a big part of that because they're running it themselves more than ever. 
What does that do for offensive linemen in terms of now more than any previous season, we're seeing guys take off and run or it's designed run or it's an RPO or it's scrim. just the mindset you have to have, I guess, as an offensive lineman, now that that part of the game is just continues to grow, that the quarterback is going to carry the football. Well, okay, a couple things here, James, because it's a loaded and it's a valid question and it's topical. Mm-hmm. One, the Appreciate NFL that, can only Bobby. take with the, the yeah. uh, well, you're a reporter, James. The, you know, the <laughs> NFL can only take what the college game gives us. So it gives us Justin Fields, it gives us Jalen Hurts, it gives us Lamar Jackson. That's what it's given us. Okay, so now, okay, now we've now figured out how to incorporate. Right before I came on, I broke down the Patriots last year against Justin Field and Lamar Jackson. They were awful. Like they hadn't seen read option. They, they tried to spy him. It didn't work. And here comes Jalen Hurts coming into town. So you have to defend all six basically skilled players on any given play. Mm-hmm. And it, your, your eyes have to be right. You can say, okay, well, it's just numbers. Somebody's got to pitch. Somebody's got to quarterback. Somebody's got to dive. All right. Until you're in that position and you're Matt Judon this weekend and Jalen Hurts yeah. is coming down the line with DeAndre Swift and you don't know who's got the ball, where it's going, and you just have to freeze for a second against these guys that are right by you. Um, I think we all remember that play of Justin Fields against Green Bay last year. Yeah. The entire Packer defense was chasing him into the end zone. It was too late by the time they figured it out. Um, I think it's, it, it's, it's a problem, and there isn't one answer for it. And you can mm-hmm. drop all the defenses you want. You can rush three, drop eight. You can do all this stuff. Like, these guys are skilled running backs. Their vision tells them where to go. It's not like they're just running blind in a meat house. Like, they yep. they know how to set guys up. They know where the pursuit's coming from. They know where the, the daylight is. Like, these are skilled running backs with the ball in their hands. And I would say just the three guys I mentioned, amongst others, but, you know, Lamar and Justin and Jalen this weekend – be something to watch and just track how they perform yeah. this weekend. Yeah, Baldy is a uh, scrub outside linebacker. I had to play assignment football back in the big eight days. <laughs> it is so tempting to take the dive back when you come in unblocked, but the next thing you know, the quarterback pops out. Hey, Baldy, we got to let you go. We got to talk about your interesting awesome. life because James Palmer spoke at his son's career day. We want to see what it would be like for you to speak at a career day since you do 15 million oh. awesome things. We got to catch you next time because coming up next on the NFL Report, is it prime time in Colorado? And could USC quarterback Caleb Williams actually return when he might be the number one pick? Hmm. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. We're back on the NFL report, but right now we're going to talk some college Football, that's because the biggest story coming out of last weekend is NFL or Pro Football Hall of Famer Deion Sanders coaching the Colorado Buffaloes to an upset victory, 45-42 over TCU. And, oh, boy, James, you know this because you live in Colorado. The sports world 
lost his mind. This guy coaching at Jackson State just went up there and took his team with an 80% roster turnover and knocked off the team that played the national championship. I want to get your Colorado eye view of exactly what the reaction was semi-locally up there and just kind of how Deion Sanders has been elevated into a credible head coach, even though he shouldn't have had to be elevated, he already was, but elevated to that degree nationally where he's created all this conversation. Yeah, let's start with locally, Steve. It, it has been the dominant sports landscape conversation in the state of Colorado this entire summer. It really has. And we have Sean Payton coming to Denver. Can he fix Russell Wilson? Major Broncos storylines. And anything that I'm told locally in terms of a discussion about Deion Sanders this entire summer, ratings are through the roof. And he's just up the road in Boulder. And everybody was curious how this opening week was going to go. Because we have to remember what Dion did, Steve. He went and did exactly what everybody in the college landscape didn't want him to do, which is flip his entire roster. Which, also be clear, he wasn't the only one that did that Correct. this past season. But he got most of the scrutiny, if not all of it, for what he did and maybe the way he went about it. But he goes out in that first game against TCU and being here in Colorado with the state absolutely exploding when they go out and they knock off the Horn Frogs, who were, even if they're not the same team, they were in the national championship last year, and Colorado won one game a season ago. I think what happened most, Steve, is we had a chance to see Dion do things his way, and what did he get in this first game? He got validated. Everything that he wanted to go out and do in terms of empowering his players, letting a player like Travis Hunter come and play both ways, who wanted to come and play both sides of the football, that came out as a success. His son comes out and throws the football over the, all over the yard and throws for 510 yards and breaks the CU record. All of that happening in a successful manner, I don't know if that just jettisons this into another stratosphere in what Dion's putting together at CU because everyone was watching. Everyone in the NFL game was watching. Everyone in college football was watching. And maybe most importantly, Every high school recruit was watching. Yes, sir. And I think that's the biggest aspect of this. Th that's a great point. Okay, and, and it's funny because I remember back when I was a scrub at University of Missouri, uh, yeah, Colorado. You said that multiple times, Steve. Yeah, that could be a show yeah, thing? I, I was no good. I, I was no good. I mean, that's how oh, come okay. I ended up transferring and stopped playing football. But anyway, Colorado comes down to Columbia, and they're old uniforms. They look like UCLA, right? They were blue and gold. We mopped the floor with them. Bill McCartney comes in the next year. It's about 1985. It's the black uniform. Starts turning over the roster, and next thing you know, Colorado is a powerhouse. That's what Dion is doing. But here's, before we move on, this is to me what Dion's biggest accomplishment is, is about to be. You mentioned Shadur Sanders. You mentioned Travis Hunter. They had a couple other players. Soon, we're going to be talking about his players and things other mm -hmm. than Dion and the Colorado program. Once people stop talking about Dion and they start talking about the players and the program, that's where Prime is really going to establish himself as a legitimate guy, because right now he's a personality leading a program, which is unfortunate how he's viewed that way. Once the program starts doing being the personality, that's when he gets a dub. Speaking of personalities, in a GQ article this week, Caleb Williams, the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback from USC, had his father come out and say that if he doesn't like the situation he could potentially be drafted into in 2024, he may return to USC. All right, JP. Yeah. This is kind of crazy, yeah. not feeling it whatsoever, but I want to get your take. A couple of things jump out at me, Steve. The first one being I think the cart's ahead of the horse a little bit here. 
Is this a preemptive strike to put this out prior to really this season up and going? And three, you're really making a lot of assumptions about what you're expecting to happen. And that was a lot of what this article was about. Caleb Williams himself was saying, I've really never had uh, the choice out of my hands before. I've always had a choice in everything that's gone on in my football life. This is an opportunity where I wouldn't. I'm, I'm just fascinated by the idea of them just already knowing what's going to happen at the top of the draft. You made a couple of points. Throw them out real quick. At the top of the draft, things can get a lot different each and every year, and things can change quickly in the NFL very, very quickly. Right. This year, Chicago had the worst record, but Carolina came up and traded exactly. to get the top pick to take the top quarterback. You maybe have a team all of a sudden have a new head coach. You don't know the situation of what you can be in. But I'm not saying it, but I'm saying it. Because in the article his dad listed, look, a player like Baker Mayfield went to a certain situation and then it didn't work. A quarterback like Kyler Murray went to a certain situation where organizationally it was a disaster. Hmm. Kyler Murray played for the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona Cardinals could have the first overall pick. Who is Caleb Williams' quarterback coach? Cliff Kingsbury, who uh, no longer is the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. I didn't say it, but I'm saying it. You did say it, Steve, and on the debut episode right here of the NFL Report. Remember, 7.15 Eastern every Monday, every Thursday. We're also a podcast. Catch us wherever you catch your podcast. We're on the NFL channel, Tubi, Roku, Pluto. Do name it, Steve. We're on it. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.